Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair and all good things must come to an end is a proverb with roots that stretch back to the 1300s, which is when Manchester City last lost a game, I think. Well, it certainly feels that way anyway. Uh, feeling the pain this week, I've got three very disappointed blues. Welcome to Spencer Debson. Hi, Spencer. Hi, Nigel. Welcome to Paul Strato-Denby. Hi, Paul. Hi there, Nigel. And welcome to Stuart Brodkin. Hi, Stu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a bit of a... Are you still there? Hello? Yep. Oh, that was a that was a disappointed hello, was it, Stuart? Yeah, that was one. Yeah, yeah. I, you look disappointed. I'm sorry. It's not, nice to have you anyway. Um, listen, it had to happen eventually. Um, the phenomenal winning run, but but why Spencer? Why is it? Why did it have to be Stretford? Our, 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 our record against them at home, particularly, has not been good in recent times. Why them, Spencer? Please. Oh, if only I had the answer to that question, Nigel. We'll have to ask Mario Balotelli that, won't we? Why always? Um, they've just got, got it on us at the moment, haven't they? I think that's three away wins at the Etihad. Did the double over us last year. Um, my sort of deep psychological assessment is that they're so still so bruised from 2011-12 when, of course, we took the title from them in incredibly unrepeatable circumstances, that they're still traumatised uh, and that they are just raising their level every time. Uh, I must say, I I have to say that their uh, tactics yesterday were very good. I thought United, uh, I dare I say, it, played very well on the day and they were well set up for the counter. Something about that game, it just was not going to be ours. Um, and we'll go on to talk about it. I think, uh, you know, we can be, you know, philosophical about it. Um, we didn't play very badly. I certainly didn't think we played at the level uh, with our last defeat against Spurs way back in November. Um, but I think we just have to take it uh, in, in context and, uh, and move on and let you let, let, let the Stratford fans have uh, have their moment in the sun because I don't think there'll be too much more sunshine uh, for them over the remainder of the season. And it's right, isn't it, Stato? We've got to put this in context. I mean, I, I said to my dad before the last sort of five or six games, it's going to end eventually. We're not going to continue to win every single game. And to go on a 21 winning run is absolutely phenomenal in, in anybody's language. So it had to happen eventually, didn't it, really? Let's be honest. Of course it did. It's just disappointing that we had to lose to Stratford. Of course, we we're all upset about that. We'd rather we'd lost it against Southampton or Fulham in the, in the next two games rather than against Stratford. But there we go. Um, I think we lost it in the first 30 seconds. I mean, as soon as we gave that penalty away, which was a clumsy challenge by Jesus, who was trying to make up for being dispossessed in midfield, we know you, they can defend well, and they did defend reasonably well. We did create chances, but once that goal went in, it was going to be an uphill battle, and we failed to rise the occasion. And at the end of the day, they did play very well, and we didn't quite hit the heights that we need to to, to win those games. I'm sure we're going to talk about it. I hope it was a wake-up call because if we want to win the Champions League, we can't afford performances like that too frequently, if at all, in those matches. 
So, Stuart, b- before we get into the detail of the game, uh, the guys have done a good job in giving us their kind of overall assessment of maybe why why always Stretford, and uh, you've got a view on that as well? Uh, I think it's their cup final. I mean, it's like it used to be our cup final 12, 13 years ago. If we avoided defeat against United, I thought it was a good season and didn't go down. Those are the two twin objectives at City at Main Road and then at the Etihad. And I just think they raised their game and we lowered our game, to be fair. But I mean, like Paul says, that, that penalty, I think it was 34 seconds on the clock. Uh, if you look at any still pictures of that incident, you will see, I think, five or six City players surrounding Martial. Uh, there was absolutely no need to go anywhere near him. He wasn't getting anywhere. He wasn't going anywhere. He wasn't going to score. So leave him alone, basically. Yeah. Spencer, you, you were going to say something? Yeah, I mean, it was pure petulance. I mean, I'm a great fan of, of, uh, of Jesus, as, you, as everyone knows, but that was just ridiculous. And I have noticed with him, every time he gets dispossessed or he makes an error, you can almost guarantee he's got a foul up his sleeve because he's chasing back, understandably. But to do that, I mean, uh, Diaz and Stones had that thing covered. They were just marshalling it over. And he shouldn't have got involved. It's like the, 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 the naughty boy getting involved in there, sticking his nose in where he shouldn't. But, uh, but Spencer, just to, just to challenge for a moment, if I can, um, it, one of the strengths of the City side is when they lose the ball, they get it back quickly again. And I think, aren't you even taught as a youngster? You know, if you lose the ball, it's kind of your responsibility to go and get it back again. So actually, it's one of the reasons we have been dominating so much. We just hate not having the ball. So it's his instinct. Just go and get it. Well, the subtext take a little bit of extra care when you happen to be the other side of the 18-yard line yeah. and maybe let the grown-ups do that, the defensive duties. I mean, you know, that was not, that was really unforgivable in the moment. Uh, I have to say that. As a former midfielder, I, I object to being called. So what, so the, the, the defenders of the, you were a defender, I suppose you're going to tell us now. That's, that's, that's what really this means, isn't that's the subtext here, really. <laughs> Don't stick your nose in other people's business, Nigel. That's my message. <laughs> Very good. Stato, are, are you are you with me on this? Or, or, or you know, you, you can understand why the lad's gone back to, to retrieve the ball. He's he's given it away and he wants to get it back again. It's understandable, isn't it? You're asking me, and I'm a former striker, so I used to just sit up field and wait for the ball to come yeah. to me. I never chased back. Um, no, it was, a, it was a silly challenge. And as Spencer just said, Inside the 18-yard area, leave it to the defenders. Don't get involved. Once he's lost the ball, I understand chasing back because he was disappointed. It was a bit of a stupid throw into him because he had three players around him when they threw him the ball as well. So he was under pressure straight away. Then he's got to chase back sort of 20 yards to try and recover the ball. And he's already behind the play. That's the way it goes. Leave it. I'd like to just make a point about throw-ins. I understand we do have a throw-in coach, right, who should, I believe, be thrown out. Um, I don't see any progress being made on throw-ins. It's, it's, a, it's a part of the game where Pep ignores uh, what's going on. He doesn't, he doesn't seem to care about throw-ins. And they're an important part of the game. A, if we could have a guy who could throw it into the penalty area, like I think... Uh, Cheltenham Town did, and a few other teams have these days. And B, if we could actually get a player in some space ready to receive a throw-in. Um, I don't see that happening. You're right, Paul. It was a, it was a poor throw-in. Uh, but it's symptomatic of the way we don't throw in properly. That's my point. 
Yeah, but but, but Stuart, again, sorry, I, I've got to. <clears throat> yes. I've got to challenge that. You know, we have won 21 games on the yes, trot. Of course we have. But, you know, Pep's a perfectionist. And I think on this particular issue, I'm not having a go at the team. It's just a small point mm. which led to a goal and probably never will do so again for the rest of this season. But it, it's something we should look at. And it, it's not going to be a deciding factor in the, in the Premier League title race at all. But like you said, we won 21 games in 98 days. That's 4.6 days per win. That is incredible. No other team in the land could have done that. I'm with Stuart Deckard on the throw-ins. I've noticed for some time now the number of times we take a throw-in, and whether it's because the teams close us down because they know we can't find space or we don't find space, there is something wrong with the way we take throw-ins. And my son has been remarking on it for months and months and months, and I picked up on it, and he's right. The number of teams that manage to find space... And it's a relatively minor point, because as you said, Andrew, we have won 21 games. We're picking on very small points. But that small point yesterday, I'm not saying it cost us the game, but it contributed towards us losing the game. And if you want to be one of the best teams in the world, you've got to eliminate all those sort of minor errors and remove as best you can all the options where a team can pick us up and win or beat us. So that's something to learn from. I've just had a thought about all this. <laughs> is it possible that the throwing coach and the penalty coach are one and the same? <laughs> well, they should maybe swap. Maybe, maybe they should. Uh, maybe the penalty coach should try throwings, and the throwing coach should. Yeah, what do you reckon? Epiphany moment. Epiphany moment. Very good. Listen, we've got to give this. This this hurts me a lot to say this, and one of you mentioned this already. We have got sadly. Uh, Stato, we, we've got to give some credit to the way uh, Ollie at the wheel set him up because it worked and he was brave. Uh, he had a slightly more attacking feel to them and, and, and it worked, didn't it? Let, you know, listen, we're all football fans. We, we love talking about the tactics and we love it when City do things right. But you've actually, we've actually got to sit here today, this week on the pod, and actually give them some credit because they did a good job on us. God, I'm really choking on my words here. I can't say it, but. Yeah, yes, they, 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 they were. They, they, they played better than us. They used the counter-attacking, but we knew they would. Before the game, um, speaking to my brothers and, and other people, we chatted before the game and said, surely he's going to play Walker in this game for his pace at the back. And, yeah, whether he played Cancelo, which he was probably going to do, and keep Zinchenko out, was probably the right move. But as soon as we saw it, there was some certainty that, United would counter-attack. That's what they do at, at, at the Etihad. And also, when we saw that Bernardo and Foden weren't in the team, the, the pace and the vitality that they bring to the team. Now, unless they were not 100% ready for the game, which case it's understandable, but they were on the bench, then I've got this is Pep overthinking it again. This is where we all have a minor concern that if he does this in a Champions League game again, this is where some things don't quite go right. And it's it comes to service. Pep's done a marvellous job. We all love him for what he does, but occasionally he's human. He will make a mistake. What's that a mistake? I, I'm not I'm not up there with the gods of managerial football that Pep lives with, but to my mind, it wasn't quite right. Yeah. Stu, in terms of selection, what, yeah. what are your thoughts? Did you, did you agree with Stato there? To a point, I, I think Cancelo is... Uh, it's always going to do something like he did yesterday and miss a tackle a long way out. And that caused the second goal to be scored. 
But I mean, what he's brought to the team in the last seven, seven or eight weeks or so has been fantastic. So that sort of situation comes with the territory where he's concerned. Uh, maybe I would have played uh, Walker in that position. I don't know. I would have definitely gone for the energy of Foden and, Sil- and Bernardo Silva. You know, he said David Silva. Um, but yeah, I mean, it seemed there seemed to be a spark missing somewhere. But there again, if you go a goal down in a minute, it you know it looks bad, and it took us a while to get to get over that goal. We were we were you know very poor even distributing the ball from the back at that point. We nearly conceded a second by sort of about halfway through the first half. We were we were back in the game, but I, I didn't really feel that we were going to score. To be honest, I, we need a striker, I believe. But, you know, I might have even played Fernandinho. I know he's slower than he needs to be, but his positional awareness and his, uh, you know, marshalling the other guys in midfield is, is brilliant, uh, a bit like company used to do in, at the back. I don't know. I, you can never second-guess Guardiola's selection. If you've got a fancy football team, don't, in, don't include any City players. You never know if they're going to play. And what's interesting, I, I want to hear from Spencer as well, but what's interesting, of course, for the last few weeks, again, we've been saying, he's been the master at rotation. It kind of didn't matter who he brought in. All these other games that we've been winning, every single game, we haven't all actually, I think Walker would have been better, or, you know, why, why, why doesn't Mendy appear, or whatever it might be. We've been saying he's utilised the squad superbly. You've already made the point of playing every three or four days, but, of course, we lose a game, and suddenly it's, ah, oh, well, You've got it wrong, Spencer. Yeah, got it wrong, didn't he? Exactly, exactly. Absolute rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean it's a, that's a grossly unfair statement. Um, it just wasn't going for us. I, I do, I do believe that. I mean, well, certainly with hindsight, everything, isn't it? Uh, I, you know, we, we did miss Walker a bit. Cancelo didn't have a good game, uh, and of course, he he created that fantastic cross for um, for Sterling, which he sort of I don't know. It was easier to. It seemed easier to score than miss. Um, and then, you know, we were shouting out, well, Sergio would have banged that one in. Uh, and then, of course, Sergio was not put on. And, uh, you know, that's another question. Uh, you know, you know, we should have had a striker on the pitch. Well, why didn't he put Sergio on? You know, there's something probably in the background and on the training pitch uh, that we don't see. Um, but you would have thought this was a classic case where in the last 15 to 20 minutes, he'd have put, you know, put Foden on, which he did, get Sergio on and let's uh, let's have a go. So I'm intrigued as to why that why that didn't happen. Um, well, well let, let's put that to Stuart. So, so go on, it's obviously one of the questions that's been raised. We've, we've gone out to Twitter. A number of people have raised it. And, of course, he's not used him the last few weeks. He's been on the bench. He's obviously uh, fit and ready. Yeah. Uh, it has been suggested the last couple of weeks maybe uh, there are some issues, which, again, Spencer has kind of <coughs> mentioned yeah. in passing. Yeah. What, what, what's your view? Why, why, why didn't you bring Sergio on? I don't know. I, I wish I knew. Um, he, you know, perhaps one of these guys who goes very much into what's going on on the training ground. If you're showing, you know, the good for, good form on the training ground, you get in the team, I think, with him. Uh, Aguero, need, we all know he needs a couple of games to bring himself back up to speed. We've only got 10 Premier League games left. I think we've got about 20 something games left altogether if we win the Champions League, that is. But I would I would play him from the start against Southampton on Wednesday. I really would because he needs he needs minutes. Uh, I wouldn't bring him on with twenty minutes to go when we're chasing the game or we need a goal. I just think he's 
there must be something there that we don't know about. Maybe he's not 100%, maybe he's 90%, but I don't know. I, I, I wish I knew. Uh, we'd love to see him back in the side. You've got a view, Stato, on, on the Sergio situation? I'm as bemused as Stuart is and probably most other City supporters. He's When he's played in the last few two or three games, when he's come on as substitute or whatever, he's not done it. He's been completely out of sorts, out of the game, can't adjust the pace. He's had the odd run, but he's not really had a chance to, to show what he can do. Pep must feel, and I, this is just my theory, that he's not ready to play, that he still isn't quite there and therefore won't bring him on. Now, the only way he gets up to speed is by playing. And therefore, I'm with Stuart, give him a game on Wednesday night, put him on at the start, don't bring him on off, don't bring him on at 70 minutes, put him on from the start. If he's not delivering by, say, 50, 60 minutes, then take him off and um, put somebody else on. But give him a couple of runouts against Southampton and Fulham at the weekend. Yeah. And dare I say, against Borussia Mönchengladbach, where we've got a 2 0 lead, and give him some game time. If he's still not doing it after having that game time, then we know we've got a real problem. Spencer, do you want to kind of answer your own question a little further or do you think the guys have, uh, have covered it well? No, I think they've covered it well. I, yeah, I can't add anything to that. And I agree, he should, you know, I think he should be given a run out against Southampton, 100%. Let me throw another name at you then, who's rubbish, absolutely useless. Yeah, what's he ever done for our club? Some Belgian KDB. bloke. Hey? KDB, correct, Stu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on, Spencer. He's rubbish, he is. What's he ever done? Well, for- I don't know how he gets in the team, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, his touch was was well off, wasn't it, for, um, you know, quite a bit of the game. Um, again, we don't really know why. I can't really rationalise why. Um, but, uh, you know, his interaction with KD, with, uh, with uh, Gundo wasn't, wasn't what we've, we're used to seeing. Um, I honestly don't have an explanation for it. Just it, it is what it is. But he, his touch was well off yesterday. What do you see, Stato, then, in, in KDB? Some, some argue that we've been off since he's come back, actually. He's, given, he's kind of imbalanced the team a bit as well. It's not only his own form, which is nothing like the heights that he was reaching last year. He's actually unbalanced the team a bit as well. Is that a fair criticism? Probably, yes. If he was on form, you wouldn't notice it because you'd say, KDB delivering the crosses, delivering the passes, doesn't matter if the team's a bit unbalanced. But yesterday... I think his first five passes or first five touches went to to a red. I think if you looked at his overall stats, I don't know this for a fact, but it felt like about one in five found a blue shirt. And he often tries the difficult pass. And I'll give, I'll forgive him for the difficult pass that doesn't quite get there because when it works, it works brilliantly. But some of those weren't even difficult passes or difficult touches. There's something not quite right there, whether he's not fully fit or something in the background, again, that we don't know about. But I, for one, uh, hopefully Pep would do it as well. I'd drop him on Wednesday night. I'd play, Kate, uh, I'd play Bernardo's got to get back in that team because he's the one that is really back on form to what we remember from two years ago. And Foden's got to get a run out as well because Foden, when he comes on, he brings energy. Uh, and we need that. And there's so many players that just didn't quite get there yesterday and we missed too many of them. We're, we're just out of sorts. So strong words to drop him. Drop De Bruyne. De Bruyne. Who would have thought we'd be saying that a year ago? I agree. Uh, <clears throat> to, to drop probably the best attacking midfielder in, in Europe. That's um, what Stato said. Drop him, he said. He didn't say I, 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 um, He said drop sure. him. I'm not sure. But, it, but it, yeah, on balance, yes, I would drop him. I would have Bernardo or 
and or Fort Foden in the side rather than KDB. And I mean, what either one of those? One thing's for sure is that if he does need to be dropped and it's and it's merited, um, Pep will do it. Uh, you, he is yeah. the one manager who won't wouldn't stand on ceremonies, I believe. So it will be very interesting to see what the selection is actually for Southampton. I, under, I understand. I read on Twitter today whether it's true or not. I don't know that he created more chances KDB than the whole of the United team. I don't know whether that's true or not. Didn't feel that. Like you know about this? No. Don't remember seeing it, to be honest. I mean, no, maybe I, I watched I read it on game. Twitter, but it may not be true. I don't know. Who was the tweet by? KDB? <laughs> I think so, yes. <laughs> it was his mum, I think. Mrs. His KDB. Mrs. KDB of Belgium. That's the one. <laughs> <clears throat> Listen, um, let's... Uh, our good friend John Stapleton uh, on Twitter um, answered our tweet and said, could this be a blessing? It averts any prospect of complacency. So I think it's quite a smart statement from our mate John. I think that uh, landed quite well with me when I saw that, Stuart. And KDB was saying, the one we're dropping, that is, uh, that in the mirror this morning that it will stop us being complacent. It could be a blessing in disguise. I mean, a a defeat to those people is never a blessing, but it it could well turn out to be, with, with hindsight, the thing that sort of really makes us Kick on. We need 19 points, I think it is. Six wins and a draw to win the Premier League. That's done and dusted, really. Uh, United saying the title race has been reignited. That is complete and utter tosh. Uh, I was going to use a stronger word, but um, it could be a good thing. It could be what, it shows that we're human. What word reminds with, rhymes with bollocks? You mean that? Or, or, That's or the one, yeah. yeah. Very good. Uh, complacency then, Spencer? Averted? Uh, well, look, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Where every time when, when Pep's um, press conferences uh, communicate quite a lot, I think, actually. And he was a right old grump, wasn't he, for the first 12, 13 games. And it's been Mr Chirpy Chappy. Uh, and you would have thought, you know, it's been a defeat yesterday. You would have little been a, a little bit uh, sort of sombre about it. But he was like, oh, well, yeah, fine. It really, you know, it was, it was almost a, a bit of a pressure release in the way that he his sort of body language came across. And I really think that might be the case. I mean, here we are in the sort of the fan zone and we, you know, we've started, you know, Stato's getting his all his stats out, so many wins since January and, oh, only three more and with this and that, you know, and I think we do get a little bit carried away uh, and a bit presumptuous uh, and we should acknowledge the incredible effort that this is. And I know it's only equaled, you know, the longest run uh, and we're short of, you know, the all-time European record. Uh, but really, at the end of the day, it's, 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 it's trivial. You know, the point is, is can we actually now, uh, you know, monetize? Can we actually bring the bacon home in, in, in the business end of the season? And I actually think uh, Pep really wasn't that bothered and in some ways was a little bit relieved with what's happened. You know, let's get on to the next game and now let's really, um, you know, maximize the rest of the season. I think that's right, isn't it, Stato? Well, once the game's over, we've got no choice. It's gone. We've got to now focus on the future. As Pep always says, even after we've won a game, great we've won a game, let's have a couple of hours off and now focus on the next game. So we lost a game, now let's focus on the next game anyway. So it's no difference, really, to his normal um, thought process. Um, but it, it's, it's not a big, big game on Wednesday now, but it is an important game now to show that Pep has had a word with the players they understand what they've not done right, and we go and beat Southampton. Doesn't matter whether it's one nil or four nil. 
clearly I prefer 4-0 then I can take it a bit easier in the 88th minute but it, we've just got to go and win that game and keep that get, increase that gap it's hard it's a game that would have been played at the weekend of um, the League Cup final so it's effectively will be a game ahead of everybody else for a while now until uh, a few weeks time I'd rather have lost yesterday than lose to Everton in the Cup quarter final in a couple of weeks time it's as simple as that the Cups you lose you're out the league we've lost. We lost the battle. But to complete that phrase, we'll win the war. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Before we, we move on and talk about sort of Southampton on Wednesday and then Fulham at the weekend, did, did anybody come out of that particular game at the weekend with any sort of positives at all, Stu? You, you got a view on anybody you want to pick out you thought had a good game or a good performance? Well, I, I was I was going to talk about Sterling, but the, the one guy I thought played really well and his control was absolutely magnificent and losing his marker is fantastic, is Gundogan. Uh, I know he didn't score. I know he, he has played slightly better, but I think he was the pick of the team yesterday. And the one player who's a greater candidate for being dropped than KDB is Raheem Sterling. I think he's been so disappointing in the last few weeks. And he hasn't scored against United in 23 consecutive games. I know he's not a striker, but yeah, Gundogan played well. Sterling was awful. Do you agree with that, Ben Stato, as well? You're kind of nodding in agreement? Yeah, Sterling's been poor for a while. And Gundogan had a, a, a bet, probably one of the better players. The only other person I think who had a decent game, I'd say, was Stones. But between yeah. those, after those two, I can't think of anybody else that had a, anything to write home about. Gundogan does his, did his usual, and he had a good game, but unfortunately he had eight or nine other players who didn't. <laughs> can I, Spencer, can I just throw one other name in the pot as well, and you can pick any one of the two or three that be mentioned? Particularly in big games... Mares doesn't seem to do the business against the small boys. He seems to be pretty brilliant, but in these big games, he doesn't seem to be able to turn it on. Is that a fair criticism, or do you see it differently? Uh, I think that's a bit harsh. I'll be honest. Um, I mean, he's you know we've all got used to his sort of mesmeric skills and everything. And after all, you know he's a he's a thoroughbred uh, Premiership uh, winner. You know Leicester, and obviously he's come to us. Um, I think that's a bit harsh. I, I think he. It, you know, it wasn't happening yesterday. He's been very, very good over the last uh, five, six weeks. Um, and I just think yesterday was one of those games where it just wasn't happening. I don't feel laid back about it. I'm disappointed. And I must say uh, that Luke Shaw goal uh, was an excellent, excellent move. I mean, if that had been uh, Cancelo uh, doing that, you would have been lauding it. It really was a very well-executed goal. 
you know, we've, we've covered the we've covered the game. So I think a little bit harsh, but uh, I, I would I'd still be keeping Mares in the team if it was up to me. I think Mares works very well when Bernardo's in the team. I think it helps him because they can overload the right hand side of the um, the pitch and really when the two of them work very very well together, they've got brilliant instant control. Uh, they can work very well together. One twos that they play with each other, and Bernardo floats around the pitch, so it doesn't always sit, sit on the Mares side. But I honestly think that when the two of them are in the team, we look like a better team. Okay. Anything else on the? I never call it a derby because they're they're not from Manchester, as you know. So this this team from uh, a, a northwest rival. Um, any any further thoughts? Have we covered it? We've kind of already said we lost the game. We've moved on. Um, sh- should we talk about? Uh, Southampton then on Wednesday, you've already touched on that um, in terms of selection. Um, anybody want to add anything else, particularly Stato? Do you, want, do you want to kick off then on your thoughts ahead of the Southampton game? What needs to happen? You've already said, look, let's just go out there and win the game. It's important we do that. But tactically, um, sort of selection-wise, do you want to add anything to what you touched on earlier? Well, I'm not sure that we will see too many changes other than the ones that we've talked about, to be honest. He he seems to rotate the centre-backs a little bit now and plays two of the three of the Laporte in there. Is he going to give Ake a game at some point? Will he be on the bench? Uh, Because he's now apparently is fit now. So I'd like to see him given a bit of game time at some point to see what he's made of. We we saw him early in the season and he he was pretty decent. Maybe he just needs to blend in as well. I'm not sure whether we'll play Rodri or Fernandinho. To, to my mind, either one of those can do the job. Um, and then it's that midfield. I, I'd love to see Bernardo in there. I'd love to see Foden in there. And I'd love to see... I think we should keep Mares in the team as well. Um, I've got to be blunt. I'd say KDB doesn't play. Aguero up front as well. Sorry, um, just to come in. So KDB doesn't play or KDB's dropped, just to remind us of what you said earlier on. So, so It's the same thing, isn't it? If he doesn't play, he's dropped. They might be rotated. Rotated, well, you, whatever term you use, if he's not playing, whether you rotate him out... You want him dropped, Stato. You want him out. No, no, <laughs> you're putting words in my mouth. But he, he should be rested. KDB out, you said. You've got a big banner. No, no, no. You, you, you're putting words in my mouth that are not coming from my mouth. <laughs> KDB should be rested because he's overdone it and he needs a little bit of a rest for a this game in midweek because he tried too hard against Stretford at the weekend. So take him out of the team, give him a rest and um, let Gundogan do the work there. Spencer, drop KDB we've had here again from Stato, again reiterating his point. You know, player of the world, player of the planet, player of the universe, five minutes ago. Kevin, he's finished. Whatever whatever his mum in Belgium says on Twitter, he's gone, he's finished. He's a spent force, is what he's saying. If you're listening, Kevin, have a rest. But please I'll lie come. down, love, in a darkened room. Have a rest. Please come back next week because we need you. And we didn't really mean it. Um, look, uh, I would agree that I think that KDB is a player, uh, and we don't know in the background, do we? But I think he really likes to play and he's one of these rhythm players who always likes to be playing. So I suspect he's... Um, chipping away at Pep saying I, I want to you know I want to play I want to play I want to play and in a way he's sort of earned that reputationally hasn't he the right to stay in the team uh, not that anyone has that right of course um, so I suspect he will stay uh, but yeah I agree with all the other points that, that, that Stato made there 
I'd like to see Ake in there because he's a good player, and if rotation is part of the part of the pet philosophy, then then he should be out there. I'd like to see Sergio in there, um, and uh, I'd like to see a good performance. The truth is, whichever eleven players go out there and represent the team, uh, they should be capable of winning that game. Um, so let you know, let's see it, let's see the reaction, and uh, please God, that's what will happen. The reaction's important, isn't it? Should people be looking out for this one and just, I don't know, just say City, you know, don't manage to win, even even if it's only a draw. Um, it's going to be, you know, there's going to be a few few questions being asked and a little bit of pressure. Uh, I know the reality is you'd like to think that we've already got this sorted, but, you know, uh, not to win could build a little bit of pressure and a few comments coming our way. Well, possibly, but I think, you know, I think those that played on um, Saturday, Sunday rather, Will want to, you know, restore their reputations, as it were. Um, I'd drop the lot, to be honest. You know, give them a kick up the backside. No, um, not necessary. But we could do. We could actually play eleven different players and, and beat Southampton. I'm sure of that. I really am. But it won't happen. Uh, I, I would, yeah. KDB will want to go out there and, you know, prove people wrong, like you and Spencer and me and Paul. So yeah, why not? But yeah, I, it. it it won't be that easy because there's a bit of a mentality, our mentality midgets, as they call them now, not mentality monsters, as Liverpool were. Uh, you know, they've got a point to prove. Maybe you'll say, come on, lads, you you, you got beaten by you, the Stratford lot. Go out and beat Southampton. Stick with the 11, you know, but it won't. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention this, but now, now you mention it, I think it's it, because yeah. it's it's big football news. I'd be interested in your thoughts on Liverpool, who I'm were, Liverpool. let's be honest, fantastic champions last year. Did you know won it by a, a country mile and deserved Premier League champions? Yeah, they've had some injuries, but but you know that's what happens at Premier League clubs and so on. And it's just their home record has been just quite phenomenal. I mean, do you have a view, Stu, on what is is it all about? Van Dijk, was that important? Is it kind of as simple as that or is there more to it, do you think? I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, Van Dijk was a huge, huge loss, but we we managed without company for a long periods in our uh, championship winning seasons. Uh, they've, had, they've had other injuries as well. I don't think there's a plan B there. I think the plan A is just to, you know, the gag and press or whatever it's called, they don't seem to have to really play football. They just do their thing. You know, they they go out there, head down, get on with it, and it usually works. It frightens teams. Their pace, their, they've got skill, of course. But I don't think Klopp has a plan B. Uh, and I think he's been found out. He's happened at another, a couple of other clubs he's uh, managed where he's actually won things and then gone down with them. So... He, He's not, uh, you know, they're not invincible anymore. They've lost six home games in a row, which would be totally unthinkable for any Liverpool side, never mind Klopp's team. Uh, I can't see a way back this season. Uh, he might be in danger. They're showing relegation fall at the moment. Had they not been got some points before Christmas, they might be going down. That well, 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 that's where I was going next. So, Stato, I don't, don't know if you've got a view. Has he... It's not that important. It's not City, I know, but it's fairly big football news, as I said. And is he is he in danger of losing his job? Do you think now, or even walking? I don't think he's in danger of losing his job at the moment. He might feel he's got to walk. That might be he's just had yeah. enough of it because he can't see a way to uh, change the team around. But when you're in a situation now, when we're in the early stage of March, where 
Edison has had more assists the entire Liverpool team at Anfield, <laughs> and Gundogan is a top scorer at Anfield this season in 2021. They've got major problems, and to be honest, I don't really care. Um, it's big football news. You're right to bring it up, but long may it continue. As long as Liverpool, who are one of our major rivals, are struggling, great. And um, let's not forget also uh, the precedent set with uh, Claudio Ranieri and Leicester. Um, title winners following yeah, season. I think yeah. someone was doing a, some stats as to whether Liverpool's sort of fall from grace was a little bit similar to Leicester's. It's not that far off. 37 uh, points they dropped between winning the league and the following season. It was me, as you'd expect, that did that. And Liverpool <laughs> need to get past 62 points to avoid that ignominity. And at the current home form, they're not going to get there. So they could be the worst uh, Premier League champions in terms of defending their yeah. title and falling away. Great. It's a cruel sport sometimes. And, and they called us rubbish champions as well, I seem to remember. Um, we, we haven't talked about, very briefly, you probably have forgotten anyway, that there was, since the last podcast, a, a 4-1 victory against uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers, um, who play in old gold, you may know. Uh, Mr Tyler on, the, on Sky Sport was talking about light blue, which always annoys me when people say that. You should know it's sky blue. Yeah. Just like... Blackpool don't play in orange either. They play in tangerine. But anyway, that's a, just a, just one of my pet hates. Um, so, do, do, I don't know if you remember what happened against Wolves. We won 4-1. Do you, do, 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 do you remember it, Stato? Do you vaguely remember the game? I do. 4-1 was possibly a little bit flattering. 3-1 was probably a fair r- result because we were we had chance in the first half. We could have been two up at half-time. They came back and had that goal and had a couple of chances. Then we seem to reignite and get up, step up a gear, and won comfortably in the end. Four um, one um, was a minor amount of flattering, as I said, but we deserve to win, no doubt about it. I think we got three goals in the last ten minutes, which, like you say, it was a flattering scoreline in the end. We were uh, probably a goal or two better, but not not three goals better than they are. But they're in a terrible run of form anyway, so I, I think that's what a win was expected. Maybe a few cracks were showing there that we didn't really spot, uh, where we, we probably struggled a little bit. When it was one all, like you say, they had, they had another chance or two, so they could have gone ahead at that point. Who knows what would have happened then, but, you know, we can't... We can't you know, go back on that game, but it's it was it wasn't the most convincing four-one win I've ever seen. Spencer, anything to add on that? Yeah, no, I was only going to say, you know, you'd say it of the last couple of games with that Wolves game, definitely. You know, one-one, seventy-nine minutes, we were all holding our breath a bit, and you know, Wolves had some potency up there. Um, saw it out in the end, and also against West Ham in the previous game. Um, I mean, you know, we won the game, we were good for the win, I think overall, but it wasn't straightforward. Um, uh, you know, so uh, I do think that the a little drop in level was 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 maybe visible there, and it seems to have come, you know, obviously come home to roost against United. So before um, we go, and I get your final message for uh, Mrs. KDB in Belgium uh, on Twitter, which we'll, we'll do before we go. Um, your thoughts, Spencer, for us then, just looking forward to Fulham at the weekend as well, uh, Fulham at Craven Cottage on Saturday. Um, any thoughts ahead of that? Well, you know, they're going to be uh, on, on cloud nine, aren't they? They've just, they've just pulled off an amazing win at Liverpool. You know, uh, they look good for the win as well. Uh, I think they've now pulled level on points third from bottom. So they are going to be seeing the light. Uh, and I think that will be a major uh, boost for them. 
you know, they've seen City lose points. I don't think that will be a straightforward game at all. Um, again, of course, we, we, we want to we want to expect City to win the game. But I think it'll be quite a tough one. And I think, uh, as we sort of said earlier on the podcast, the next couple of games are really important, certainly that we don't lose either game uh, and, and hopefully that we win them. But I don't think that will be easy pickings at all against Fulham. Against, uh, yeah, against Fulham. Stato, Stato, Fulham? Very similar to Spencer's thoughts. They clearly are, are playing good football. They were a little bit unlucky the week before against Tottenham when they had that goal disallowed for that stupid uh, law on the handball. Um, but there again, they're playing a good game. Uh, it will be tough, uh, but we are the best team in the country. So we should be able to go there. And if we're on form, win. But it won't be easy. Our, our recent record against Fulham is not bad, by the way. 11 wins, two draws, no defeats. But I mean, every game in the Premier League is is tricky. You know, kickoff. Uh, that's why 21 in a row is just more remarkable than you even think it is as a City fan you know we know how good we are but 21 in a row is fantastic let's make it 10 in a row to end the season Absolutely listen um, if you can think of a message for Mrs KDB in Belgium having uh, dropped her son um, then let me know Spencer you, you've, you've got a thought have you on that or something I just wanted to, to, to say we've given a nice shout out to, to KDB I just wanted just to give a small shout out to my dear father uh, 86 years young and he's just got his iPad um, former technophobe and now um, highly teched up individual uh, and hopefully he's listening in and I do hope he hasn't just sort of fallen off his chair uh, with a shout out. But but good on you, Dad, and I uh, hope you get to hear this. Fantastic. Well, fantastic. welcome to you know. Is he on Twitter as well? Has he got a, has he got a Twitter feed yet going? Well, he's he's now you know a man in his own uh, you know internet space ecosystem. So he might be setting up Instagram, Twitter, the whole lot. <laughs> There's no knowing where my dad may end up. Um, and what's his name, Spencer? Just so you give him a proper Gerald. Shout. Gerald. Gerald, Gerald, welcome to one of our listeners. That makes nine listeners a week. Um, Marvellous. Welcome to the gang. Uh, and we look forward to you sharing uh, m- many more moments with us. Uh, Stato. Can I just give Stuart a, a Stuart's update? He said 10 wins on the row. We need 20 to do the quadruple. I know, I'm talking about the Premier League. I know, I know you were. I know. Oh, I, know. Yeah, I wanted to be 20. 20 because the 21 covered non Twenty, and we take the yeah. we take the, the, the lot. Yeah, yeah. Let's not run before we can walk. I think, um, but but listen, it's been why not? <laughs> yeah, because we've just lost, and we just need to just take stock. And uh, but no, we've lost. We've we've moved on, haven't we? You're quite right. Yeah, if we drop Kevin De Bruyne, uh, Kevin De Bruyne, everything would be marvellous anyway. So we're sorted. Um, huge thanks to my three guests, to Paul Denby, to Stuart Brodkin, and to Gerald's son, Spencer Debson. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit Playback Media. Sports Social Podcast Network.